Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, Spilks, what's up? What is going on? Happy Thursday. How Thursday. Oh, woo. I know. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Where'd you go? I'm not okay. recording at our normal time because I'm going to Tampa tomorrow for the Tampa Pro. So I know. Are you excited? Exciting. I am. Yeah, I've never been to Tampa. Um, I think I've only been to Florida twice, once for Disney and then once as like a jump off point for a cruise. So mm-hmm. I've never like, and I was also a kid during those moments. So like, I've never really been in Florida to be in Florida. So I'm excited to see what Tampa's about. Yeah. Tampa's really nice. So, um, I like St. Petersburg, which is a part of Tampa. Um, okay. so Tampa's a little bit more inland. St. Petersburg is like right on the beach. Mm. Essentially. Um, there's like a bridge that gets over to St. Petersburg. Um, Marietta Island is right there. It's beautiful. Um, it's like a 20 minute drive. If you have the time, I would check it out. It's really, really cute little beach town, but yeah, I like Tampa a lot. Um, uh, I've probably been, oh my God, close to like 10, 15 times. Um, oh. yeah, like it was one of my mom's favorite spots, like growing up, we took a lot of family vacations there. And then when I lived in Florida, I had a couple friends that lived down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. Um, the environment's really cool. I know you'll be training at MI40, I think, right? Is that what you... Yeah, if I, my back isn't still fucked up. Yeah, so if you can get in there or just at least see it, it's pretty cool because a lot of awesome pro athletes train there um, mm-hmm. as well as just like the environment is really cool. It's a really nice gym. It's really well put together in my opinion. So check that out while you're down there. I definitely will. I want to talk about my cryotherapy session that I got yesterday because I was skeptical as fuck about this injury that I had, um, on my back. And they talked me into doing what's called a fire and ice special. And I was like, listen, anything that sounds like my favorite lube, like I'm going to try it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so essentially it was like a 30 minute infrared sauna followed by like a two minute cryotherapy session. And they, you know, the, you know, the sales lady was like talking up like all the benefits or whatever. And I was like, fine, whatever. Like it was $30 for the cryotherapy. And an additional 50 or an additional 20 to be total 50, you can do the fire and ice special. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I did the fire and ice special. And when I like was driving home, I was like, wow, I'm not like in much pain. And so I tried doing some movements that caused me a lot of pain and they weren't painful Mm. almost at all. And I was like, what witchcraft and sorcery did I just experience? Cause like, I am not someone that really believes in using like ibuprofen and shit like that for lowering inflammation. Like if my body's in pain, I want to like honor that and respect it and not suppress it. And therefore like overexert myself and make the pain and injury worse. But I've been in so much pain lately that I would be taking like 200 milligrams of ibuprofen before bed just to like sleep. Um, I feel amazing. And I'm going back today for another treatment because I have a little bit of pain, Mm-hmm. back from just sleeping because again you sleep on your back like you're gonna have a little bit of irritation but like I feel good 
So, yeah, I honestly don't know much about cryotherapy, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people utilize it in mm-hmm. the bodybuilding community, um, which is cool, which is great. And like, obviously now you have like firsthand experience, but um, I just want to know like how often like, can you go? Like how much can you do it? I guess. Like, is there like, can you go every day if you wanted to see or is it like too much? Honestly, no, you can't, especially for injuries. They recommend mm-hmm. going frequently and, and for athletes for recovery, like once a week is sufficient. So I think what I'm going to do is since I am injured and I saw great results, I'm going to go again today and probably buy like a fiber package. So like to go five times and I'll probably just go like every week and see like if I notice any of a difference. And then obviously if I don't, then just call it quits. But like, I'm mostly doing this for um, helping with my injury while I also have like a little bit of TB 500 running its mm-hmm. course. So Eric, I have Eric inject my back, which is kind of weird. Cause like, it's not like I tore a lat or anything like that. And it's not like a low back injury, like a slip disc. It's like, I was unracking the squat pro. And since I trained with Eric, Eric's like five inches taller than me. Well, we had the, the setting for him and I was trying to unrack the weight and put it lower on the setting, but I had, it's, it was already like loaded up. So it was 300 pounds right on my back. And because I was getting set up, I did that like little like dance where you like mm-hmm. get planted before you go. And I'm also holding on to these bars out here and keeping my core braced. And just the way I did it and keeping my core braced and twisting, I think I tore like an intercostal muscle because it hurt to breathe. It hurt to sneeze, yeah. it hurt to cough, like all these like respiratory things. And then also certain movements where I would be braced. I was like, <laughs> so yeah, that hurt really bad. And so I used a little insulin syringe to inject the TB 500. And let me tell you, insulin pens are very, very tiny, right? Like they're almost virtually no pain. But when I tell you that an intercostal injection of a little insulin, <clears throat> I was like, oh my God, it's just like, it was painful more than I had, was expecting. And I was like, oh my God, damn. Yeah. Like surprisingly, like that just like area of like your ribs and your intercostals is so sensitive. And like, just like nursing standpoint, like anytime you get like any type of injury, if you break, even if you break your ribs, like there's not shit you do. Like we don't do shit. Like you don't get a cast. You don't get nothing. Like you just have to kind of let them heal on their own. Yep. So like any type of thing, like in that thoracic region is literally like, it, it it's so it's crazy how much it hurts because it is like so I mean essentially the the purpose of it is to like protect our vital organs right so it's like it's crazy that it's not like stronger but like little tweaks can happen like that and then like when you're obviously already injured you put that little tiny needle in there you're like holy fuck but there are like a lot of nerve endings in there as well so it's like shit <laughs> oh yeah like it was like ungodly the pain I was in but I was like okay well whatever like it's helping so yeah I'm gonna go back today for one more session before I leave for Tampa but I'm feeling that I could probably train tomorrow and train in Tampa which would be fun because I do want to do that but yeah other than that how's everything with you yeah I got nothing to report um my weeks are just like have been insanely busy the last month um as I'm sure our listeners know I'm back in school. Um, just have a lot of changes going on, but yeah, I got no complaints. I got my hair done this week. I got a lot of like house things done this week. Um, and then I work a few shifts coming up for the next couple of days, but yeah, dude, like life is good. I'm happy. I'm busy. Um, 
yeah, I got some blood work done on Monday. Um, thyroid labs are pretty good for the most part. Um, Hashimoto's is back, unfortunately, but hey, um, we're, we're working on that. But I feel good overall. So that's good, at least. Like, it's good that you feel good despite like labs coming back. Because I know sometimes that, like, you know, I was guilty of this in the past as an athlete and also guilty in this in the past as a coach where we like to nitpick labs to be like perfect and optimal but without the context of what's optimal for the athlete. And so like, obviously, yes, it's not great that your antibodies are elevated, but like you also knew what it felt like to have really elevated antibodies and feel like absolute dog crap. So the fact that you still feel like somewhat okay and you are trying your best, I think that's also like a good indication for the, like your mindset overall as a person and an athlete just to like still continue on and do what needs to be done for your health improvements. Yeah. Thank you. No, honestly though, in all realization, like I saw that and I was like, fuck. And I cried for like a second. I was like, you know what? It's fine. I've done it before. I'm doing it again. Um, like I said, like my life has just been so busy and I just have so much going on and the antibodies are essentially like an inflammation response. Right. So it makes a lot of sense as to, to what has been going on and why they're elevated. Like it's honestly, I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, when just based on everything that is going on, like I said, it's, it's normal. And that's just how sometimes they go, they fluctuate, but yes, like you said, the the mental aspect of, um, being okay, moving forward and knowing that, you know, everything is again, going to work out exactly how it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that's actually a good segue kind of into our topic about like, why are people afraid to, to work with coaches or what is maybe stopping someone from, wanting to improve their life and improve their health. And some of that kind of stems from a fear of change or a fear of failure or just a fear of just the unknown. And the fact that like, you know, at first when you went through kind of like your, your healing, your Hashi journey, like I'm sure you had a lot of fears because it was new. It was unknown. Like, was it going to work? Maybe you second guess, like, like why even bother? Is this, is this going to matter? But you did it anyway to show yourself that like you deserve to give yourself a chance and to try something new and to believe in yourself. And it worked, right? Like you essentially like cured your Hashis. And then obviously like it came back because you're in the middle of like all these other life stressors and these life events. But rather than being like, oh, what's the point? I clearly failed. It's no, no, I succeeded. And if I can do it once, I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just trying to think back about my experience with, so I ended up switching coaches when I found out I was, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Um, I was already kind of farther in my journey with working with multiple coaches. So I think for me, like I didn't really have that initial fear, but I will say something about me is I am impulsive. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that fear doesn't set in until like later. And it's more of like a holy fuck did I make the right decision? I didn't realize all of these changes that were going to happen, um, which can be extremely scary because, you know, our brains are hardwired to, you know, enjoy that predictability, that, you know, routine. So when it comes to change, there is a ton of fear, um, you know, psychologically, and there is so much that our brains try and resist when it comes to that uncertainty. Like mm-hmm. they even our brains to a point like to predict negativity, right? Um, So if you can kind of talk yourself out of that situation or be like, oh yeah, um, hiring a coach is is gonna be X, Y, and Z. I'm scared like, or it's it's not gonna work. Like you said, it's gonna fail, right? 
our brains will even like convince ourselves to continue to not make that decision because it likes the predictability of that outcome. Like you're re- you're writing the outcome that you don't even know is is happening, right? But you're you're telling yourself like, hey, okay, that's going to be the outcome. It's not going to work. I'm not going to receive results. I'm scared for whatever reason it may be, which we can dive into more reasons why people are scared. Um, but like I said, we just like to have that that routine, that that sustainability of the predicament of being able to know to control um and and essentially feel comfortable with where we're at even though we are so uncomfortable yeah something that i experienced a lot in my journey even before like i hired a coach i was you know coaching myself at the time when i was like in my late teens um early adulthood was like the fear of failure because i you know am a recovering perfectionist um but I was so afraid of trying something new out of fear of failing, not realizing that not trying at all is in itself failing and mm-hmm. is in itself like a, 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 a sense of disrespect because you're not even giving yourself a chance to try, right? Like you were holding yourself back. And that was something that I had to navigate through in my early years when it came to just trying something new, because I was always someone that wanted to feel safe. And Mm -hmm. so like I was in my routine, I was in my system. And if anybody got into my routine, got into my system, like it was a spiraling out of control because like I was so set in my ways where I didn't want to change because I was scared of the unknown and I was scared to fail. So I kind of had like a double whammy of like, oh, why bother? Why try? Because also when I tried in the past, like when I was in my yo-yo dieting phases, like I failed, like, you know, like nothing changed. Like I was still the, the same weight, the same person, like it wasn't this like re- revelating experience. Like, you know, you see people on the magazines and they're smiling with salads and I was sad with salads. So I was like, why wasn't I changing? Why wasn't I getting better? And then, you know, obviously I took the leap to, you know, trying something new and, you know, doing a different avenue that was way outside of my comfort zone. And I started to see results, right? And again, I'm still coaching myself. So I wasn't even working with a coach. I was just trying a different approach because I knew that if I continued on the way that I was and trying to stay safe and trying to, you know, just stay regimented with what I was currently doing, that I wasn't going to change and I wanted to change. And so it was really, you know, adopting this area of self-awareness and going into that, you know, as a you know, essentially late teenager, early adult that I was like, wow, like if I want to actually change and follow through and hit my goals, like it is going to require a lot of this discipline, respect and awareness on my end. So that way, when I finally did hire a coach for bodybuilding, cause I wanted to, you know, step on stage, like I had kind of already adopted those like three pillars of success, which is why when I hired a coach, it wasn't as like, paralyzing as sometimes it can be for some people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to like dive into, which, you know, is, is a really great journey that you've like made it this far into this point, even like after, you know, self-coaching and having all that like self-awareness and being like, wow, in order for me to get better, I need to kind of let go of these fears. So you said you had a lot of fears of failure. So what specifically when it came to like coaching, like what were the ent- entities that you were scared to fail at? Was it the diet? Was it not seeing results? Was it 
the lack, like, were you scared to communicate? Like, what are some fears that you think not only you, but, you know, our society has when it comes to hiring a coach? Like, what what would stop them being like the thoughts through their head that's like, oh, man, I'm going to fail at X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I think it's falling short of expectations because I am someone that holds myself to a very high standard, a very high level of expectations, which upon hearing that might sound really great until you get to the practical application of it to where it's almost unattainable, right? And so I was worried that by working with a coach that the standards would be set even higher and I would fall short. And I viewed that falling short as a sense of failure, which was scary, right? Because like I was always the 4.0 student. I was involved in extracurricular activities. Like I was that go-getter type of that type a perfectionist person growing up and like again out on the outward that's successful that's great whatever but like inward mentally it was torment because I didn't do it because I you know quote unquote loved myself I did it because like I didn't want to let anyone else down I wanted to maintain the status quo I wanted to appear perfect because for whatever reason trauma whatever perfectionism for me meant safety, Mm -hmm. not realizing that by doing this, I was actually harming myself by -hmm. setting like all this pressure, all these unrealistic expectations. And by hiring a coach or working with someone that like knew more than me, I was afraid I was going to have to do even more. And that scared me because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm already feeling like I'm doing so much. Like what more could I do? Yeah, no, I agree. I really want to focus on something you just said. And you literally just said perfectionism made me feel safe. Mm -hmm. It made me feel safe. And that's our natural being is we always want to feel safe. We always want to feel protected. So not only do I think we have a lot of, you know, this fear of disappointment, but I also think a lot of times we kind of hit a wall when it comes to making that final step in hiring a coach is because we have to have that acknowledgement of everything that we're doing quote unquote wrong. And I don't want to say that like you guys out there are doing things wrong. Um, like some things that I tell my, my clients is like, this is your best, but your best can get better. Right. Um, so, you know, you said like my perfectionism made me feel safe. Right. So when we hire a coach, we kind of get into the point where we're like, holy shit. Like I thought I was doing this X, Y, and Z, right. When I never was like the biggest, one of the biggest realizations for me when I hired my coach now was my training. I thought I was training my dick off and I really, really wasn't right. And to have someone give you that feedback, that's like, kind of like, what the hell was that? That wasn't training hard enough or the form wasn't good. And mind you, like I, up until this past two years, I never had anyone review my training videos. Right. So for me, I had to have that acknowledgement that like that self-awareness that was like, oh shit. Hey, like I haven't been training as hard as I can. I don't know how to train properly. And that's why I'm not like building that muscle, but having that acknowledgement, like not only is it like hard and that self-awareness, like it can cause you to feel like embarrassed and be upset. And another thing too, is before this coach, my previous coach, um, I was binging a lot. So I had to speak that into existence when hiring her. And I was like, Hey, like I just was binging for the last six months. Like this is something that comes with me. Um, and I had to actually acknowledge that and speak that into existence. And I think that's another reason that's hard because when you hire a coach, it's 
it essentially exposes you if you want to see the results and you want to bring the best you. And I think that's another one of the biggest reasons in which, again, it's it's all linked to that fear. Right. Um, but I think definitely is like you trying to be like, shit, like I have to be real. I have to be honest in order for me to get to the best situation. And it's like that is hard when you're when you're realizing your mistakes, quote unquote, um, mistakes, because is it really a mistake if you don't know? Right. Right. So it's kind of like, Hey, like the coaches aren't there to call you out, but I understand that sometimes it can feel that way. And you can have that, that negative, I don't want to say relationship, but negative image on a personal trainer or a coach when it comes to them trying to get you in a better way. And this comes on, on the coaches end, which we already have a whole podcast about it, but Mm -hmm. the way that we, we talk to people and the way that we you know, educate people that that's on us. But as far as the client, it comes down to like, Hey, you know, you have to get over the fact that like you are going to get feedback. Right. Yeah. And I think also sometimes like we take a lot of pride in the things that we do. And so sometimes feedback can be, we can perceive feedback as an attack on our character. Like, Hey, you're doing your RDLs wrong sometimes becomes translated to, hey, you are wrong, right? And we take that personally as an attack, like, oh, I'm I'm wrong. I'm a bad person, right? At least that's how I kind of perceive feedback in a lot of cases. And it's not helpful to view it like that. It's, well, you're, you're, how you are doing something is incorrect. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you're a bad person because the whole point of working with a coach is them to make you better, whether it's an aesthetic goal for stepping on stage or health goal. And so being open and honestly being vulnerable. And that's the thing that's difficult is being willing to be vulnerable and receive feedback so you can make those improvements. That is really key, but also to understand that when you receive that feedback, whether it's like, Hey, you're doing your RDLs wrong, or, you know, let's say you've had a lot of deviations this past week on your programming. Like it's not that you're a bad person. It's just the actions that you are taking right now do not align with your goals. And so your coach is like reminding you and kind of helping you to see the bigger picture. So that way that the goal that you have set out for yourself is still in the forefront of your mind, because it's easy for us to sometimes lose sight of what we really want, because, you know, we have this goal set out in front of us, but yet we need to have like little micro goals to get to that overarching goal. Mm -hmm. And then from there, well, we need to implement those little micro goals and those habits and create sustainability within our life. But life is very messy. You know, there, you know, people get sick, uh, cars break down, pets, you know, get injured, you know, mm-hmm. you are driving to the gym and there's traffic and, you know, it takes an hour longer than necessary. Like these things just happen. And sometimes it's easy to look toward like instant gratification versus that like gratification from your long-term goals. And so having a coach to kind of not necessarily keep the blinders on, but to remind you of what your end goal is, I think is very valuable, but obviously that comes with understanding like that self-awareness about yourself that like you are imperfect and that is okay. That's the point you're meant to be imperfect, but there's always ways that you can be your best while still remembering that there are ways to be better, but not to be neurotic about it and obsessive because at that, I think that obsession can be borderline disordered because that's something that I went through. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of like what you're, you, you were just saying is like, you know, it, 
it takes a hit like with us personally and then we become obsessive obsessive and it comes back to that perfectionism but i think um when you are in a state of that self-awareness is like you kind of can understand like when it's you know that constructive criticism for positive feedback or like when your ego is taking a hit and you're like oh like now i'm all pissed off and and so to speak but since i brought up ego i think this comes into another reason as to why people don't hire a coach And it's because, you know, they either A, don't know what a coach can provide for them, B, they think they know it all, or C, which I've actually kind of heard this pretty common, um, which I don't know if they're all linked together, but people have like, I I swear this is like a thing like PTSD from previous coaches and personal And I think that creates another roadblock when it comes to hiring a coach. They had a horrible experience as the the first time that they worked with a coach and they're like, oh my God, I'm never going to do it again. That was terrible. My health wasn't, you know, main priority. I was not having fun. It was a chore. I felt like I wasted my money, um, X, Y, and Z. And then they, you know, they maybe didn't see the results they want. So now they're in this mindset that, you know, a coach isn't going to do anything for me. I don't need one. I can do better. But in the reality of it, it's, you know, you ask them like, well, how successful have you been on your own kind of thing? Right. So I think that is another, and I'm, I think if I remember correctly, like, I know you've talked about having some coaches that just like didn't fit with you. So like, how did you kind of like overcome that with hiring your next coach? Cause I know, um, I don't know how much you want to share, but I know you have had like an experience where you just did not work well with one of your previous coaches. And like, how did you get like the courage to get on another consult call? Cause even getting onto that consult call, I'm sure it was difficult for you. Like, I'm sure it brought up a lot of triggers. Mm-hmm. What helped me is understanding that yes, there are bad coaches, but more often than not, there are really just coaches that are not the right coaches for you. So rather than just thinking, oh, this is a bad coach, I was like, this wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So yes, like for me, I, I see the value in coaching, right? I see if I want to get to my overarching goal of being an IFBB pro and leading by example and like setting, like taking myself seriously, a coach is going to help me to do that. So I see the value in coaching and I know coaching is valuable and I can't see myself objectively um, like a coach would because I am just too, too much involved in myself and my body already where it's like, I want someone else to tell me what to do so I can Mm -hmm. go around and do it. Like I want to take kind of like the guesswork and that emotional pull out of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, So because I understood that they're not like, yes, there are bad coaches, but more often than not, there are just not right fits. I was like, okay, well, rather than trying to put like a, what is it, a square peg in a round hole or whatever? I was like, well, let's see if I can find a square hole. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, hired Austin after we had a really good consult. And obviously since I had mentored under him for a really long time, I knew his style and I liked his style and it made sense for me, which is why, you know, for me, it wasn't a big deal to hop on a console call. I was excited because I was like, well, I'm taking a chance on myself, right? Like I'm following through on my goals and I'm giving myself that respect that I deserve to honor what's important to me. And like I said, I I did see the value in coaching. And so because I saw the value in coaching, I saw the value in myself. I knew what I wanted. It really just made sense. And I do understand that some people 
do you have like this PTSD from poor coaching? Maybe it wasn't sustainable. Maybe they were left feeling burnt out. Maybe it was like a three month coaching program or an intense fat shred program rather than actual one-on-one coaching, or maybe it was one-on-one coaching with quote unquote things personalized. And it was really cookie cutter. And it's really unfortunate that these labels have kind of or this really this poor coaching has kind of labeled as everyone is the same when in reality, like a good coach does personalize things to you. They ask thorough and thoughtful questions. It's not just about like, Hey, are you like eating, sleeping and drinking follow your programming? It's like also checking in on that mental state being like, Hey, are you still wanting to do this? Right. Are you still wanting to show up? Because if not, then you need to alter the plan to fit that the client, to fit the athlete, right? That's how you service that customer um, since it is a customer service type of job. And if they are struggling mentally, not being afraid to refer out like, hey, let's get you into therapy, please. Like mm-hmm. I have taken a step back from being people's coaches when I'm like, hey, listen, like I know finances are tight right now. You don't need a coach, you need a therapist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I will take that hit because it is a financial hit for me, right? It's like, I'm losing an athlete, but- I know it's the right thing to do because like sometimes people think they need a coach when in reality, they need a therapist. And like, you have to see that as a coach and being willing to do what's right for the athlete, because like you care about them and their well being, And you also care about yourself and you can't take on this job that you were not qualified for. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that kind of circling back to the beginning of the, the conversation in there where you talked about like, not, you know, we're finding that perfect fit, finding that coach that works for you. I mean, in layman's terms, like when you think about it, like I think we make it more of like a big deal than it needs to be when it comes to like all coaches are the same. When you have to think about it, like how many people have you like dated in your life? Like for me, like not all the boys are the same, right? So it's like you had that bad relationship. Sure, there's some triggers or some things that you carry over into like the next one, but like you're still going to try again or even like friend relationships, like you can have a shitty friend and then you're like, well, I'm never going to make a friend again because all friends are poopy, right? (laughs) It's like, no, like that's not the realization. So like, if you guys can grasp that concept, that's like, oh, hey, yeah, you're right. That may be like one possibility and for you to kind of get over that fear and that that PTSD of having a, a bad interaction. And granted, like you don't pay for your friends, you don't pay for relationships. So I get like money's involved at the same time, but like you also have to take into consideration it's like every time you do make a good friend or every time you do have a good relationship with somebody else, your significant other, um, that really flourishes. Like you feel good, right? You are bringing your best self. And it's the same thing when it comes with the coach, when you have that, that capability of matching with someone who's compatible with you, it's like, wow, I start to feel good. I start to bring out the best in me. Right. Um, so I think when you can kind of put it in in those lamest turns, it makes a lot more sense for you to keep going, to keep going down that path to find that that coach. And another thing that you mentioned was like, I know my goals. I know I want to get there. And I know someone who's really good at getting people there. So why am I not going to, why would I try and do it all on my own? Right. So, you know, that was, that was my biggest thing is like, Hey, I'm a nurse. Um, I work in healthcare. Like I know what Hashimoto's is. I know about it. I know people are on meds, but in my case, I was like, I want someone who understands Hashimoto's and bodybuilding at, together. So, and my, my previous coach did not nothing against her. She was great. We had an awesome run, but I had to make that initial jump into somebody else who aligned more with that, who understood that aspect of me because I changed as a person too. So and my case changed. So I think when it comes to finding that right coach, yeah, we can take a lot of, of, 
things into consideration. But like I said, I think when it, initially when it's that that fear of either having a, a bad experience before um, can, can kind of really impede our decisions to move forward. But in the grand scheme of it, like who's really suffering? The coaches or you? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, you're right. Like you, you end up like suffering by yourself and like, it also does go to the perception of value um, because obviously like you saw the value in hiring a different coach, but because you saw a, a, a value of hiring a different coach, you also knew you needed more, right? You needed more help. You needed a different perspective. So you also had to pay for that financially, right? Because like what you were paying for your contest prep coach was I'm sure a hell of a lot different compared to paying for your current coach, which is much more thorough and comprehensive when it comes to yes, contest prep, but also like the functional health side of like helping with your Hashimoto's. And some people are afraid to take that in that investment since it is a investment of their money. Um, And there are three things that we kind of invest that are currencies. Obviously we have the currency of the dollar bill. We have our time and we have our energy, right? And each of these things like take different levels of effort and prioritization. And so because you wanted to prioritize your health and make sure that you weren't wasting your time and your energy, you did have to kind of financially commit to that. And I think that's something that people should have this awareness when it comes to wanting to hire a coach is you don't necessarily need to pay for more than what you need, but in that same token, don't expect more than what you pay for when it comes to like what you need from a coach. And so obviously if you're first starting out and you have no idea what a macro is, yeah, you probably don't need to be hiring like the cream of the crop, top functional health coach that like, you know, works with like SIBO cases and Hashimoto's and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, if you are that athlete that, you know, does need more attention because you have other things going on. It's like, well, you have to understand because you were asking for a higher service you were going to be, you know, charged more. Something that's a really good analogy is like for, for the ladies, like oh, we can talk about hair, a haircut versus like a whole overdone color cut, blowout, whatever. Mm-hmm. A haircut's going to cost you $50 maybe at a nice place. Okay, well, cut, color, blowout, whatever. That could charge you upwards of three $400, right? Because mm-hmm. we're getting more and you were requiring more and that's okay. For guys, it's a car, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you need you know, a really heavy utility truck for work. Okay. Well then that's going to cost like 60, 70, 80 grand versus me. I drive a little Toyota Yaris, right? It's like a little, it's a subcompact car that cost us 13 grand and it zips through the highway, you know, but like knowing what you need ahead of time does require self-awareness. And maybe if you don't need, or if you're not sure what you need, that's why having conversations with coaches, because we can help like figure out exactly what you need so that way you're getting exactly what you need and getting exactly what you want to pay for without like going through all these rabbit holes of like being upcharged and bullshit like that, because that's not coaching in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, 100%. Like I think, yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything to Mm -hmm. sum that up. And um, I think the last thing that, that we're going to touch on as far as why people may not hire a coach is because, they may not have the time, so to speak. They think that, um, oh, hiring a coach, now I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z and all of these extra things. I'm going to have to meal prep. I'm going to have to go to the gym more. I'm going to have to do cardio. I'm going to have to focus on my sleep. All of these um, entities that require you to have a healthy lifestyle, right? But 
the way I look at it too, is like, this person is already going to learn your body. This person, meaning the coach is going to learn your body. They already have the knowledge. They already have the information. They already have the solutions, right. Um, as to what you're going to go through, how to make these changes. So who's really wasting more time when you're in the gym and you're not seeing progress or you're having to do all of that research on your own. Granted, some people like that shit, but you know, some people want to learn more. And those are the people that good, if they have the time to sit down and be like, learn about, you know, the, all of the, the physiology of the body and why food matters and why food time matters or the timing of food. And we can go down a whole list of things, but when you hire a coach, people will, will definitely think, wow, like my life is so busy. I don't have all this extra time to meet all of the needs that the coach wants me to do. But when you're wasting all of this time, trying to figure it out on your own, like who's, you know, who's really wasting that time, who's really not using their time effectively. So I think that goes into consideration because like I said, back to my case for a good example, I could have sat there and researched all of the functional health shit on Hashimoto's, or I could just fucking hire someone, which I did to tell me what to do, what to eat, what supplements to take, how to perform, how not to perform or rest my body. And that is worth it to me because it saves me the time. And not only does it save me the time, it saves me the mental fucking sanity. And I say that with Literally so much fucking passion because like I said, my first or my previous coach did not understand the Hashimoto's and I felt so alone. That is not her fault. She just did not know. And it was like, my mental stress was through the fucking roof. And the minute that like I hired someone who understood, I got my period back that month and I didn't have it for 13 fucking months. So there goes to show like how stressed psychologically I was. And I think that is a huge misconception. Again, when people are like, oh, it's just going to be more time if I have to work with someone. And it's really not when they're saving you all of this time, all of this energy, all this mental sanity to get you to those fucking goals that you want, that you've been striving for, for the last 10 fucking years. If we could do it in six months with our coaching versus the last 10 years of you saying, oh man, I really need to lose this 10 pounds. Oh, I really want to build some muscle. Right. How long have you been How long, or when did you get to those results? Yeah. That perception is everything. You know what I'm saying? Cause like when you know that like it's a good fit, like, and you guys are moving and grooving, like it's like, it's, it almost seems magical, right? It's like, oh my gosh, finally, like, and then you start feeling good. And then you, you start believing in yourself. But it's honestly just that initial jump, that initial leap that people just have to, and we had to go through because again, we're, we're humans too. And but once you do, and you realize that that leap kind of means that it kind of feels like flying, like that's for for me, like where it's just it's amazing. It really is amazing when you like find the right coach for you and you start feeling good, you start looking good and you start thriving in your own way. But it does like take a lot of self-awareness and perception and, you know, ego humbling and stuff like that. And so you kind of have to do that due diligence kind of beforehand, right? So that way you can make the most of your your time, your effort, your energy and your money um, versus like, you know, hiring a coach and thinking that they're going to solve all your problems. Well, yes, they might help you solve some of them. Like a lot of that men- mental reflection is first, like, and first and foremost on you. And that's something that Ash and I both went through when it comes to like, well, what am I doing that's holding myself back mentally? And if I, hi- and when I hire this coach, like, how is my life going to be different? Like envisioning, like how you want things to look. So that way, like, as you start getting and learning the ropes, it's like, that vision that you have for yourself that you want for yourself starts to become your reality. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, are you happy? Are you satisfied with your reality? Right. Um, and that's where the the changes either need to make 
happen or you can continue down the path that you're on. But I think whether, you know, the reason you're not hiring a coach or not working with someone to to benefit your health and, and get you to where you need is, you know, it could either be the fear of the change or the fear of the failure, disappointment, um, having to realize like all of your, your quote unquote shortcomings or mistake that self-awareness and acknowledgement can be difficult or whether it's the fear of the money. But, you know, we talked about knowing what package you would need, you know, what would, would lie with you, um, or being able to find the time to work with somebody. So I think there's like a lot of reasons as to why coaches like, or why clients would not hire a coach. But I also think there's a lot of reasonings that benefit with coming from coaching, right. Which could be a whole nother topic that we do is like the benefits of coaching and working with someone. But like Ash said, like the initial starts, it starts with like kind of working out those things beforehand. Um, and it's okay to be scared. Like Ash shared her story about, okay, like, Hey, like I'm going to get on another call. I'm going to have this, this console, even though I do have this, you know, personal trainer, PTSD. Um, I know that these things matter to me. And I know um, that I, I, the fear of, of change is keeping me where I'm stuck. And I don't want to be stuck here anymore because I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. And I think, you know, either if it's any of these things, or there are other reasons that you fear having a coach or are not hiring a coach, that they're all valid reasons. And I think, you know, Ash and myself both offer free consult calls when it comes to getting to talk to people, you know, for 15 minutes to understand like where you're at in the process, utilize those. I know there's even a lot more coaches that'll be like, hey, let's hop on a call and see kind of where you're at. And I know for us, like we take a really big, you know, interest in learning about you and like your mental battle, because that matters the most in your success. And like, that's why we're here doing the coaching that we are doing. Yeah. And if we can sum up anything, like it matters because you matter. Right. And like, that's the big thing is like, you said that, like, I value these things because it matters. And it's like, yes, I value those things because I know I matter. And like, mm-hmm. that's like an important fundamental is like knowing that you matter, knowing that you deserve to like be happy and to grow. It just will require work and effort. And that's okay. That's like the beautiful part of life. Um, but I think Ash did a great summing it up. And I think that's a great podcast. Maybe talk about next week is like the benefits of coaching, the benefits of working and finding the right coach just so that way, like, you know, you, we can shed light on the positivities because it's not just about fat loss and muscle gain. Like, yes, those are two benefits, but there's so much, so many more benefits that I think would be great for us to dive into. But till next time, ladies and gents, peace. Adios.